What's going on, guys? MDLP Battle Axe Podcast. We're going to do episode 17. I think this is a special day. Um, we have a special guest, but he's not here right now, so it's just, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> seriously, no, seriously. So I want to introduce my co host first of all. We normally start with a quote, and I think it's been um, something I wanted to do, but I'm actually really excited to get going here. Um, besides just wanting to get this conversation started, this is seriously no bullshit. One of the greatest uh, moments, I think, as a gym. And as a person and as a podcast host, we've had 17 episodes. We've had three of the biggest strength names ever. And today I'm going to introduce the GOAT. Um, of course, first, my my uh, my co-host, Baron of the North, Johnny Banks. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in again. And of course, literally, like we're like basically best friends now. Like uh-huh. I call him Eddie, so I don't know what kind of like thing we're doing now. But honestly, the GOAT, powerlifting legend, and a good man in general, Ed Cohen. Say hi. Hi guys, how you doing? So, hi, hi John, and what's your name again? Um, I'm, I'm choosing to call myself Clarence because I want to stay kind of in the middle. Juan, yeah, that's cool. Oh. <laughs> wow, Chuck. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't get it doesn't get any whiter than Ed, does it? Uh, that's pretty <laughs> or solid. John? John is. Wow. I'm actually the guy with the lowest credit score here, so I'm just gonna not even no, be a part of this. Jonathan. Ooh. Oh, don't do that. It's J O H N, not J O N. I don't even know how to spell your guys' name. You guys look the same to me. Doesn't matter. J-H-O-N, if you want to be real highly about it. Mm-hmm. Whatever. <laughs> um, but shout out to all the guys that support us. Of course, the Battle Axe Clan. This moment, this whole podcast, this weekend's event, I said it today at the group meeting, could not be possible with a community and a culture that has stuck together for seven years and made this moment possible to bring Ed down, to even put my name on the map. Um, and it's really an us thing. So shout out to everybody at the Battle Axe Gym. We had an incredible uh, seminar on Friday, which we'll get to later. BV305, Bearded Villains, always giving back to the community. Close family, extended family. Shout out to everybody around the world who supports us all over yeah, the world. And you said you guys are even in Cook County. Yeah. They're all from Cook County up oh, in Chicago. Me, yeah. So shout out to the BV Chicago chapter. Yeah, they're they're cool guys. We definitely need you there. Yes. <laughs> They'll be giving back to that community. I think my cousin just talked about it. Mm-hmm. Mom, and of course, Gabby, keep fighting, man. You're in your second round of chemo, little brother. Keep it up. Gabby Strong and fuck cancer. So... We're going to go ahead and get started in general conversation, man. Like everything else, um, one, the one thing I do want to talk about to the audience, if you guys have never been to an Ed, Co- Ed Cohen uh, seminar, do yourself a favor and fucking go. And I don't mean this shit because I'm buttering you up and I, I'm serious. Um, just a general laid back attitude, but not necessarily laid back teaching or cues or intensity. In fact, there was some really intense lifts and great attitude. And I think that's kind of the same attitude we're going to carry to the podcast. So we're just going to have a general flow of things. and Just um, easy going and get to the point. Yeah, exactly. Classic Midwestern. <laughs> Not like us <laughs> yeah. emotional, <laughs> super exaggerative Hispanics. You're good. I'm somewhere I, in between. I would take everything to the 10th limit. Exactly. But whatever. But um, and I, I just to some people, obviously, a lot of our listeners do know who you are. But there's also a lot of straw man guys that may not know who you are. If you can just give us a quick recap of some of your greatest moments in powerlifting, when you started, things like that. My first meet was I was in in 1980. I was 16, but I started off attempting to bodybuild. This is before they even posed the music, and I don't know what I took like 13th in my class, probably because I was so pale, no one could see it. Muscles <laughs> on stage, and uh, then I met. Arnold in public and I walk up to him my head was in his chest and I looked up I was like shit I can't be Arnold so I tried to be Franco because he was strong and short. Yeah, short 
Then I saw Wild World of Sports and saw Bill Kazmaier on TV competing in powerlifting. And I was like, wait, you could be that big, that strong, not that, not have to diet like that, wear those little trunks or oil up and pose on stage. <laughs> I think I'm going to try this. And I just fell in love with it. Oh, man, that's awesome. And you did tell us um, that on your first meet, you had to, somebody had to place the yeah, barbell. it was too you. short for the racks. <sighs> so they had to take the weight off and put it on my back. And I missed my first two attempts because of that. And then I made my last attempt, which was, I mean, my first attempt was my last attempt. Can you say how much that was? Please? That was 485. I weighed a little over 150. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, and I killed myself about something unrelated. And let me ask you, back in the day, the, those meets, what was the kind of general like feeling back in the, I'm going to say back in the day, but well, between see, we, didn't, we didn't have the round system yet, so it was like... Ascending bar? Yeah. I so sometimes, that. like, that was that was done up until I was into the 181s, where when I, it was what, what year, 1984, I pulled a 791 deadlift at, uh, I was still 20 years old, at 181, and it was ascending bar so it was no deadlift bar yet and it was uh i followed myself that's so for the guys listening um and then we do this in strongman too some guys don't get it ascending bar is basically they do it a lot in weightlifting too yes where they let's say they start the bar at 300 and based on your attempts it just keep climbing so if your attempts are 315 325 335 and there's no one between you you're fucked you're you going to go a minute yourself. at a time. Yeah, you lift three but lifts you know what? No one thought anything of it. That's no. just the way it was done. So it wasn't like, oh, you're a pussy because, you know. No, it's just the way it was done. So you accepted it and did it. You're just in shape. Yep, and now somebody gets like <laughs> 30 seconds less, and they're like, oh, my God. They yes. throw their straps on This is so bad. Oh, come on. Just show up and shape your pussy. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because you see this. I love that because, I, I mean, that's kind of the stuff I used to watch. Not obviously on the 80s. As I got older, I started looking at old videos. The old attitude, I'm gonna, we'll come up this later, the old out of, the attitude of powerlifting really reminds me of the strongman attitude. It's kind of blue-collar, get it, old strongman anyway. Yeah, you got to get, it, get done. it done. You know, you do, what kind of bar is it? Whatever bar it is. It doesn't matter. Lifting. You got to get it. Everyone's using the same thing. Shut up. Yep, and get after it. Yep. And how about the lifters back then? Was everybody, was it kind of like animosity? There was, no, or? there was a lot more camaraderie because there was less federations and everyone's rules matched because there was one federation. So you all are on the same page. It's not till there got to be too many different federations. Then, then it was, all of a sudden it was uh, tested and non-tested. It was monolift. It was multiply. It was, you know, and all of a sudden then this shit hit the fan. And there was a guy who came up with uh, the all-time record list and all this shit. But he put everyone on the same list. How are you going to take someone in the IPF, then someone in the USPF, then someone in the APF, where they have all different sets of rules with drug testing and monolift and, and judging was definitely different. Yeah. And multiply and have everyone on the same page. That was bullshit. That was that was actually a disservice to powerlifting in general. Besides all the athletes, yeah, just in general, everything going around. Yeah, you can't lump everyone in one thing. Different. Then eventually it became different bars, different suits, and yeah, and it, <clears throat> you can't do that. And it, now going forward, um, now that you've, it's funny because you've seen the evolution of things, both on an athlete, coaching, and federation, and just a general explosion of social media which exposes a lot of things would you say the current environment of powerlifting like how would you view that just general perspective powerlifters themselves are generally pretty damn cool and they help everyone out they don't really give a crap some people that have an agenda to push based on what meat they want to run 
they're the ones with the agenda because they want everyone to come to their meeting. Yeah, but that makes it super business. Yeah, so they're pitching people against each other and fuck everyone else's rules. Ours are the best. It's stupid. Just lift and shut up. And then it, it ends up splitting the sport up. And we talk a lot about this here. It's like, in the long run, we want the sport to win. I mean, that's what keeps yeah. people off the couch. It keeps us lifting. And we talk a lot about it in our episodes that I believe we will always side on the on the side of the sport. Um, yeah. Not necessarily anything else. Then you don't go wrong. Yeah, because it, it always wins. You know, that I don't care wins. if someone's a multiplayer or not. I still get along with them. Yeah. What the hell do I care? Yeah. Oh, you wear any wraps? Are, what, they getting, are they getting stronger? Okay, then you're getting stronger. Yeah. With wraps, without wraps, with suit, without suit, with monolith, with walking out. If you're getting stronger and you're enjoying yourself, that's fine. But just when you start comparing the two, uh, then you're going to have problems. Because then people's butt gets hurt. Yeah. yeah, it's like when people say, uh, you know, they take a look at uh, the Arnold with all these uh, strong men pulling over a thousand. It was like six guys on stage pulling a thousand. Like, yeah, but they're using straps. Yeah, that's a thousand pounds, dude. Yeah, and they don't care. It's an elephant bar. They're like, yeah, but look at the whip on that. I'm like, oh man, um, it makes no, no, it's a strong man deadlift. Shut up. Yeah, it's a strong man competition. If you could do more, get up there and do more. Shut up. Yeah, but if you can lift the car, go ahead. Enjoy and do it, for, it for the for the way it is. Right. right. Yeah, like back in the day, feet to yeah. strength were. To be respected, you know, in the twenties and thirties with Apollon, if they picked up a a random animal or wagon, no one said, "Oh, well, that's a wagon that's you know made with less steel." How stupid! Instead, they I had a video on my site. Uh, Dimitar, who lives down yeah. here somewhere, Nico and Iron House, yeah, good buddies of ours. One of his buddies that he used to do carnival stuff with is walking around with a horse on his back, walking with it. Yes. Next event, Miami's Baddest. <laughs> you know? Oh, great. And then everybody was like, what kind of horse is that, though? <laughs> oh, well, if it was a draft horse, that would be different. Yeah, of course. I mean, he's got to be a Clydes, though, to make yeah. it a legitimate rep. Yes. And it, it, it feels like our, our general society, especially American culture, has become that. But um, to continue to talk a little bit about your career, and, and I think, obviously, as a fan, I want everybody to kind of see the depth of things. You're a straight shooter, so it always makes things relatively cool mm-hmm. to, to talk about. Um, but what would you say, and I know you've had tons, and I know we had kind of talked a lot yesterday at the at the Battle Axe when we did our, our Q&A, but when somebody asks you your greatest moment, now, I don't, and I don't care about numbers, I'm like you, in the sense of, I believe that achievement, self-achievement is one of the most important moments of your life, and I talked about it yesterday in that post, that 455 squat with no belt and knee sleeves is supposed is what I'm supposed to do. But that I did it in front of you and those circumstances, to me, will be one of the greatest moments in my life. Not because of the number, but because of the achievement. In your life, would you say you had a moment that stood out where the number was irrelevant, but the bullshit that you went through to get there or the challenge that just stood out in those years? Um, I actually, on a whole, I liked gym training more than I did competing. Because I liked the feeling of getting strong, and I was in the gym, and it turned me on. Not the way you think, uh, but it was uh, it was really cool, yeah. and that's what I loved was being part of the gym atmosphere with my buddies around, where we all work together. Like you, got, you got you got incredible people at your gym. That's really cool. Everyone works together. That's the how it's supposed to be, and you're supposed to have fun, and it's all fun. I mean, like I said, I times where I've thrown up, bloody noses, shit in my pants, and those are the best. Yeah. <laughs> Came back and still. Kept going and it was great. Yeah, you said it yesterday. Goes, I didn't miss a, uh, miss a rep, even if I shit my pants. I still got the rep. I did. Okay, John. you described it as Play-Doh today. Yeah, <laughs> that was up. like a Play-Doh machine. <laughs> yeah, <it just laughs> exactly. So if if you 
could squat 900 for five reps, and it, but you'd shit in your pants. Would you shit in your pants for 900 for five I'd, reps? I'd Every eat time. shit if I could <laughs> squat 900 for five. Are you kidding exactly. me? Exactly. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I was like, I always so say, put like, some garlic salt on this oh shit. Well. Oh, well, it happened. Doesn't matter. Adobo fixes right everything. After it. Yep. Yeah. I was talking about, uh, I was talking to him yesterday about that, and I was in a competition once where we were putting like five something on a stiff bar for reps, and it was rep nine. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm thinking oh, this is it, and I look, you mapped out the bathroom. The, I'm like, what the are we turtle doing? was sticking his head. Yeah, in. dude, let's go. And I go. I already in my mind. I'm like, where am I gonna run? How am I gonna say sorry to the judge? But this shit is happening. But just I'm not missing sure the last two. Make sure you have tight underwear on so nothing comes out. <laughs> yeah, man, just stick tight. This is the boy talk. Look at your woman over there, fucking giggling at us. We have a live she audience. You guys are such idiots. You're all the same. <laughs> oh, Everyone's she knows. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she knows. It's either us or the wine that's making her giggle. Yeah. I don't know. I'm like, what are we poop joking? Yes. <laughs> Pour me a glass. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I hate wine. Um, no, but I'm just all, ev- everything was centered around the fun in the gym, and I I was in a sport where I showcased it on the platform, but I actually enjoyed the gym part even better. And I, I can go anywhere in the whole world and have friends that I get along with. I didn't know you before this, but we're friends now because we're all the same and we're easy going and we all love the same crap. Yeah, we're out here just it's easy. suffering, fighting against the same bar, <laughs> the same battle. Yeah, it's just it's what we love. It's easy. And it, it's something I it was interesting. You had said something today that made me it hit home, too. You were like, Competing, I love training. Competing sucks, and like in a sense of not that it literally sucks, but it's the hardest part. And I feel like that is kind of what you're going on when you're because training. You you don't get to max out in the gym. You can take a single in the gym, but you don't want to get to a point where you're burnt out and you blew your wad in the gym. So you got to save it and you got to peak right for the end, which is the meet. Would you I say probably, I, I probably could have peaked a little bit better a few times where my total would have been a little higher, but uh, I don't really give a shit about yeah, that. It could I'm, have been 990, 991, I am really okay with the way I did things and what I did. What would you attribute that to? What, what one or couple things would you attribute the fact that you are okay with that? Because there's a lot of guys that get to where you're at now and they're just gotta, like back in my day shit. Like yeah, you mad just about gotta, it. You just gotta justify it in your head as far as I went as far as I could with what I had and did really well. Now, if I had really good deadlift bars at my peak or a monolift and better knee wraps and all that shit, eh, sure I would have lifted more. But I can't really say that. That would be disingenuous and disrespectful to the guys that do it now. Would be like, well, if I did this, I'd lift more. You know, that's just stupid. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows that you'd probably lift more weight. So who really gives a crap? Don't disrespect the people that come before you or after you. Be happy with what you did. Yes. Well, you, th- you find that uh, kind of an, uh, tri- attributed to like social media where people have disconnected with being satisfied with their achievements? Sure. It's easy to yell shit off a computer. Yeah. Yeah, or, or look at something like I, I tell it out to my guys. Um, they'll look at something that somebody did on Instagram, and they're like, "Oh, well, I'm not strong." Go, look, man. Yeah, but like, you're lo- a lot of times you're uh, when you look at things, you're looking after the fact. You don't know what in the, the stress that person was under to achieve that in the circumstances on that day for them to do that, whether it was in a meet in a, or at a gym. So you're looking at from a, a different perspective that is probably wrong. 
and you're passing judgment on someone. You're not in their shoes. Or even worse, you pass judgment on yourself and you say, well, I'm not really strong. I'm like, yes, you are. Like, I see people that pull like 600 and they're dissatisfied. I'm like, you know, that's still like well, 100% that's of the Well, that's because this guy does this much more. It's and rampant. I, your guy last night and at Battle Axe when we started doing the Q&A said, you know, if I want to, uh, my goal is to become the strongest guy in the world at my weight class. And I said, whoa, whoa. You're never going to be stronger than me. So what are you after? You want to be as strong as you can possibly get. That's all you can take care of. You don't judge yourself on anyone else's lifts. Just keep going and getting better. And where you end up is where you're going to end up. Be happy with it because you're getting better. That's it. The process of it. Yeah. And I feel we, as a coach, I see it more often than not. And as an athlete, I still get caught. It's a self-fulfilling battle. When you were an athlete, let's say, I mean, I know you've had probably great coaches and great experiences. Do you ever struggle with that yourself? And I understand that, you know, you one of your biggest things in the seminar and one of the greatest attributes is that you do make us feel like you're just, you know, the regular guy with faults and you've overcome I am. things. Yeah. Um, I'm good we, in the gym. After the gym, I'm an idiot. And grip. Grip test. And, and, and We did say today that he's yeah, you're just quite an asshole. And I was like, well, because I don't have banana hands like you. Have you well, seen you know, him? You see when he holds on to the bar, like, you know, the oh shit bar in the car? Like, his, he's holding on to it, and his hand is basically by the, the exit door, like, the pull thing. I'm like, are you serious? Like, he's holding on, like, anyways. It's like cliffhanger. John, go like this. Oh, God. Oh, look, he's just, oh, my gosh. He's comparing his hand to John's hand. See? You see that? How tall are you? I'm six foot nine at least. Oh, yeah. It's six nine, four forty. And my hands are bigger than yours? Yeah, yeah well, it, I have... Ed Cohen is 5'2", 102 pounds, and, uh, and you uh, have bigger uh, hands. Uh, <laughs> just, he said uh, today he's like, I'm just a regular free, guy. Yeah, he's, I'm just a regular guy. It's cost a thousand pounds for two. Fuck out. you, buddy. Yeah. My competitive um, spirit came out. I was like, you're not going to out-scumbag me, though. Yeah, I know you can't. <laughs> you know. <laughs> we win. Uh, but, Ed, in serious, did you ever struggle with that yourself, um, maybe pushing the barrier or that mental battle that an athlete has to go when you're going to make a mistake at the gym? And uh, you said something no, interesting you, at the seminar with that. I was never scared. Sometimes when you have new weights or you got an attempt of a set that you know is going to be hard, it's challenging. You may be apprehensive, but you're not fearful. And what would you, why would you say you were never feel fearful? I, you heard, I heard you say something. Because I about set it. up my routine so I would never, ever miss. I was confident with what I had to do. I knew it was going to be hard, and I knew I had to hit that set right with the good technique in order to pull it off. So you make yourself do that. By setting yourself up for and then achievement. You get stronger mentally every time you do it. And it, it so a lot of the, you guys weren't here for the seminar. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk a lot like we weren't there. But there were some things you said that hit home a lot. And one of my favorite things you said today was um, your obsession with numbers and you compared to the movie 23 with Jim Carrey and you would set your whole program up 14 weeks with every fucking number on every single set uh, prior to. Even my assistant's work would be sets and reps and numbers or weight, whatever weight I was going to lift all set up beforehand. And, I, and I'd like that because it's something that attributes to, and you something you had said and something we have brought up, we bring up consistently, that uh, courage is a skill or confidence is a skill set. I believe that you can train it. And hearing you talk about how you set yourself up for achievement and confidence and, you know, you can see yourself in the video. You have this crazy, quiet confidence that you know you're just going to get this fucking number. And I, 
listening to you talk about how you set up your goals and set up your competitions and your tasks and being so diligent and professional, you're training your skill set every day for confidence. Would you say that makes positive it positive mental attitude? Now you can take studies and stuff and look at them and see what attributes successful people have with a positive mental attitude. But you can't tell someone, I want you to have a positive mental attitude today. No, you got to set them up to be able to do it. Now when they achieve it and do that in powerlifting, if you do that set and reps, now you have a positive mental attitude for that weight and those reps. The following week, you got to do it again. Then you got to do it again. Then you got to do it again. So eventually, you've trained yourself in your own study, your own classroom of real life to be able to develop that yourself. But you have to do it in order to get that. You have, you have to practice. You that. can't just read a book and get that. You can set up. You can set up certain things and be prepared to succeed. But to succeed, you actually have to do something. And so, which I fucking totally fucking agree. And, it, and one of the things I wanted to tell you guys that were listening, a lot of my athletes too, is. And like you're right, you can't just tell somebody be confident. In fact, the moment you say that, most people crumble um or you better get this i mean you can't that's the action items we say it all the time on our podcast no they 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 they're they're misrepresenting themselves when they think of it as fear and not apprehension you can be apprehensive and everything but don't let that shut you down they let that shut themselves down because they're not quite sure that they're going to get it so they try it or feel it before they actually have the intent to actually do it. We actually saw that live. So one of our lifters, Maria, was, she's never deadlifted 275 builders. She came back from a spine injury. Um, and just for the listeners here, we, what we're talking about was put into practice right in front of me. And I don't like to bullshit. That's one of my favorite things. I like to bullshit for fun. But when it comes to actually expressing myself, so what we're saying here and putting it into practical terms and actual application she was apprehensive, and she was going to sort of, kind of, maybe a little bit. She was bit trying to get out it. of it. Yep. And, and I said, "What are you talking about?" I just said you could do it. So I got in front of her and did that, you know, oh the Eddie Cohen move, where all I did was set my hand on the bar. But she saw my hand on the bar, so she let go of her fear, and she was confident, thinking, "I'm going to help her." And all I did was put my hand on the bar, and as soon as she started to pull, I didn't do anything. And that's and and we, and we saw it. Belt she pulled it up front. easy. It was like nothing. And then the smile on her face afterwards was worth a million bucks. Yeah, and you said that's one of the main reasons you do what you that's do. That's fantastic. I I feel really good when someone does that. That's reason. Ugh, coaching is one of the greatest things of all time, I think. But and that's what we're saying. So next time you said it too. Next time she pulls two eighty, she's gonna have more confidence. Way more confidence because he applied Because she'll that. put a belt on even then. And you know she can't. But see, a a coach's job or your friend's job as your training partner is to help you succeed, not to punish you and beat you down. And you'd say that as far far as a group, correct? Either singularly or group. During your time, you said you were surrounded by great people that push you that way? Yeah. Yeah. 
was it a lot of like shit talking or actual people that had great cues and great energy? They knew how to coach me. There it is. And when it came time for their sets, when I'd go to spot them, they'd say, oh, hell no, you suck at spotting. Watch us. That's what you're good at. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm like, I'm just going to sit here with a beer. It's pretty yeah. what I'm good at. I'd be grumpy. Um, and that's that goes to show what, what we're talking about is, is applying this. Now, there's, there's a lot of guys who are going to come in here and, and find loopholes and many things, but the general consensus is that mental strength and mental courage and mental confidence is a process that can be Literally applied it by hand. <coughs> if you're writing your program out and giving yourself numbers that make fucking sense and Usually not being if you try to find a loophole in your training, which loopholes only work when you just don't want to pay as much taxes. That's about all. I was going to say, is this money involved? Because I got you. Yeah, a, a loophole <laughs> Miami, in yeah. training is only a setback. It's not going to get you where you want to be in the long run. There is no easy way out. Tra- train your ass off. Get really good technique. Work on your weak points. Don't use your ego in the gym, and you will be fine. So, speaking of ego, I'm not going to talk about myself. Relax. Although I want to. That's looking at you. There should be no ego anyway. Wow. (laughs) You know how many times you said that joke? Um, Like nine times? Well. That's cool. And it works every time. (laughs) Make sure all the audiences hear it, not just. Yes. Yeah, put the bottle down, Ed. We're amongst yeah. family here, okay? Gatorade Thanks. bottle. <laughs> sure. Uh, allegedly. For you, a wine bottle. For you, it's haterade. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I hate everything about his hands. Um, but first year, Ed, would you, and I, you know it's funny because I would love to, I always like, a lot of people like to say, well, would you go back and tell them? What would first year, Ed, come back and tell you right now? Nothing. Nothing at all? Nothing. Can't say shit to you? Nope. Oh, bastard. <laughs> Because you're no. too good now. No, no. so speaking on like, what, no, what would you I'm say? I'm the same guy with a little more confidence than, than I had then. Even, so your first year, you didn't make any kind of mistakes where you were like, fuck man, I shouldn't have done that. Nope. Damn, that's good. Not better than me. <laughs> what have I been doing for yeah, I kinda, Now that's why I'm drinking the haterade. Everything I hate you. is wrong. A little bit of hatred. Good. I love that you hate Papered me. With, peppered with like a little bit of like. Yeah. I won't say the L word. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so it, Lust. That, <laughs> You've been reading that. my diary again. <laughs> so, like, one of the things that I want to ask you too is, I guess, your consistency over the weekend has been um, refreshing. There's a lot of guys in our in our community that um, change things up as they go. Just hearing you talk for the last two days and answering your questions has been great consistency, no bullshit, very genuine attitude. And a lot of me as an athlete searches um, for these irregularities in the early life of lifters in a sense of comparison. I couldn't wait to be like, oh, yeah, well, Ed sucked year one. But I've actually found a lot of refreshing, um, like a feeling knowing that you were just consistency over time, and I found that later in my years. It builds, like, whatever weaknesses I had with technique and whatnot, because I was weaker then with a lot of weaknesses, are built up over time. And shit gets better and changes slightly. And your weaknesses become less weak. So then your technique gets a little better for you. Look at some of the guys we talked. Who did we talk about? We talked about John Hack today a little bit. Look at the way John Hack deadlifts. He just reaches down, bends over, pulls it up. All your experts, with quotes around it, 
would say, oh, shit, that's not good. That's horrible. Yeah, ripping, dipping. The fucker deadlifted 800 pounds at probably about 185 or 90 pounds in training. You think I'm going to go tell him and say, you shouldn't do it that way? No, because that's him and it's working for him, so why would you change it? And when There is nothing that is going to be textbook perfect about anything anybody does unless it's with really, really light, super light, disgusting light weight where you can do it perfect after that shit starts breaking down slightly and if there's a little rounding in your back as long as your lats are tight that's okay is if you lean a little bit more forward in your squat that's okay as long as you your back stays tight and it doesn't round over nothing to worry about it's just a consistency we're all different done. you know the guy the the doctors from jackson wink dr bo hightower he put up on his Instagram once a bunch of MRIs of guys' hips. And even though these guys physically look the same, the angles of their hips on the inside were all slightly different. So you think they're all going to have the same stance and wear the same shoes and whatnot and squat and deadlift? It's going to be slightly different. Which will then resonate throughout the entire body. So as a coach, your job is to find the right one. Watch the person. See if it looks natural. If it feels good for them. If they have pain, you know, you can have a, you can get feedback from them. That's your job too. And all of a sudden, you'll develop, they'll develop their own style that might be slightly different than what you would normally do, but it's going to be perfect for them. Getting back to John Hack. Why the hell are we going to change someone who's then lifting 800 pounds and benches over 500? Because it's different than you. People before me have lifted different than me, and I learned from them. You built your shit on people that came before you. So what's going on with people that are coming after you? They're not allowed to change shit too? Of course they are. Everyone lifts different. As long as, as, long as they're not getting hurt and their lifts are going up, then that's just them. <sighs> Just fucking said this. I just fucking said this. Okay, so sorry. I'm pointing out one of my lifters here. This morning, I I had talked to my crew because every oh, time you miss, mean the deadlift queen over here. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's that's a strong terminology here. Yeah, relax with the queen thing here. What no, are we talking about? We here? don't like to give compliments that openly. at all. Relax, Ed. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, but in a serious note, well, sort of serious. I think we're a pretty hilarious podcast. Obviously. Um, probably the best five Just stars. Can you rate you. us five stars? Is there anything less than five stars but to rate the looks them? Looks aren't everything. Not for us. <laughs> That's, That's why, why you can't see us. We're doing our voice. <laughs> yeah. and we shut the videos down pretty quick here. <laughs> um, but we, I talked about this every time we have a seminar. Um, and I love it. I love having seminars. I think I've had like over nine or ten. Um, I'll, immediately you can see the look on everybody's face. We're like, well, this person does this. I'm gonna do it. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. And I talked about it this morning. I said it, the, the message that Ed wants to, and I, I kind of spoke freely from with the vibe that I've got on you and talking to you to on the last couple of days is your message to me as a coach and as a lifter, listen, actually being coached by you is get what works for you and then make it your own. And it builds an accountability in the lifter to communicate and build intuition. And that's how a great coach, client, and culture as a team can mm-hmm. develop because if I'm lifting and I'm telling you, man, front squats don't work for me like you told us, I can already see 15 people going, oh, we don't got a front squat anymore. I go, no, that's not what he's saying. No. He literally said, 
I never got anything out of it. I decided I'm going to do deficit deadlifts. And I go, it's read between the lines, you know. What he's telling you is be intuitive in your training. And that, that's when I, what I've learned over time over the years of asking so many questions and having great lifters or the greatest of all time is what is the message? And if you're hearing when, you, when we talk to us as a, as a Q&A, find out what works for you. It's almost like Bruce Lee said. I mean, really be, get what works for you and practice it. Throw the other shit away. And throw the other shit away. And you have to practice a thousand times that's why you can say I, that. See, that's why when everyone does Jeet Kune Do or tries to fight exactly like Bruce Lee, he says, no, that's not what I said. I said, you got to, he'll say, I said, you got to throw out the shit that doesn't work and make this your own. And we used to, so now we're going to shift over. I love that. This was how that transition, mm. like in martial arts time. Um, to a lot of the guys listening, um, Ed is a, a big practitioner of martial arts, and it's something that you've talked about. I wouldn't about say too. big, but uh, I've been attempting to do it. Big handed practitioner <laughs> of. Uh, Damn, I broke my hand two <laughs> minutes into the word. podcast. You slapped my pinky in half. I lost it, basically. I had to cut it off before the podcast. Back in Nam. Back in Nam, funny Shirley. Yeah. I was, I was like, <laughs> I now wear it around my neck. <laughs> <laughs> now you have two. Um, and. One of the, like you said, and Bruce would say that we when I took Jeet Kune Do years and years ago, the best thing our seafood told us was um, there's fifty, well, a thousand ways to block a cross, but you find the one that works for you. And they interviewed Danny Nosanto, and it can be based on your situation, your proximity, where you're standing, what the angle is that you will choose a level of destruction. You will avoid or destroy it. You will counter with whatever. Oh, yeah, right. And but that's because there's always something open based on how you respond. I and feel a little a tool, nervous now. Tools in the toolbox. Should be sitting on the other side of the table. What's up, bro? There's two. There's two. I've got long arms. I will reach you. <laughs> oh, I His finger right now is touching my knee, and he's six feet away. <laughs> um, but it. That's one of the, they had done an interview with Daniel Santo in, a, in like an early martial arts. I don't know. Remember the the magazine martial arts? Yeah. They used to have all the. It was all kung fu guys. And Dan got banned from it. Dan Santos is one of Bruce Lee's greatest students. I learned from him in that branch. And they asked him how to block a cross. And they threw the cross 10 times. And he did the same shit 10 times. And the other guys were like, you know, tiger claw this and then fucking, you know, whatever, lizard block, all this fancy shit. And they're like, Dan, why do you keep doing the same? Well, because he keeps throwing it the same way. He goes, why do I need to block it the same? And they were like, oh, thank you everyone so much. And they didn't include him in the magazine for like 10 years. <laughs> but that was the practicality. Simplicity. Simplicity. I mean, it, you find out what works for you in that particular motor pattern, like the squat, right? If you're squatting and this works for your squat. Why are you going to change it? Uh, it's, oh, man, martial arts is the best. Exactly. It's it, practical. It's simple. A lot of sports go hand in hand with their methodologies, the way of thinking to get stronger or better. It's practicality and simplicity over time and movement. And, and would you like drill, drill, drill? I mean, we do it at the gym. I compare everything to martial arts like a fucking million times. How many times does a boxer throw a jab in his career? A fucking million? Yeah. Does he complain about it? How many times does someone on the street throw a jab? Almost never. It's, they're all headhunters. Yeah, they're all cool guys. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone knows that. <laughs> they're like, oh, that's a terrible ankle lock. I'm like, motherfucker. Have you ever even reached for somebody's ankle? <laughs> like, shut up. And I, I tell it to the guys, too, because one of the first things when when we were coming up as a battle like shim is it was simple. We, we squatted, we did lunges, did fucking hamstring work, sled pull, went home. 
And I remember at the time as CrossFit was blowing up and other gyms, and not to rag on anybody, but they were doing like bands and chains and a single leg and this and that. And I'm like, and they asked me, they're like, how come you keep the same? I go, because it fucking, I'm sorry, but it this works. is, yeah, this is a training gym. It's not as a, as long as you're making gym. gains, why would you change it? It's, it's literally, if it don't, ain't broke, don't fix it. If you are making gains and I tell you to do something different and you change, you are an idiot. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much science right now. <laughs> yeah. That you're an idiot. Wow. Wow. Ed, Ed, can you cut him off from the wine, please? <laughs> I think he's completely lost his mind. The only person whining here is you. <laughs> wow, man. It's just because you're my guest that I don't reach over and <laughs> shake your hand again with a knife. <laughs> my losing arm. I'm done. I'm just going to leave after that. Completely emasculated. There's going to be 45 minutes of silence. They're like, what happened? Mike is crying somewhere in the He's in the corner. <laughs> I don't know why you came here just to be mean to me. I don't know if you guys... Oh, Ed had to suddenly leave. (laughs) Early flight back to Chicago. Oh, Um, man. Over your time, Ed, would you say a lot of your your training protocol changed? Did you ever feel the pressure to change with the times? No. Just never, like... And I'm I'm asking these questions not so because I don't know the answer to. But for everyone else wants to know. Yeah, and, and... If what you're doing is working, don't change... Just make sure you don't have as many weaknesses or you bring your weaknesses up closer to you where your strength is. Don't let that get too much of a gap between your weakness and your strength or else your technique breaks down too much and you develop even bigger weaknesses and then your motor pattern changes and then you end up getting hurt. That's probably my favorite now, line of I will time. I will tell you something that I do like. You're going to find it odd, maybe. I'm right here. You don't have to say it. The people at Hybrid, Steffi Cohen and them, what I do really like that they do is they try to be athletic all the time in many things. When we start getting so wrapped up in only one sport, one motor pattern, that you lose your athleticism, you start limiting your growth huge. So when she can still run or play soccer or do a clean or a snatch and some other things, that's where her strength lies. So her body is ready to absorb all kinds of different movements, all kinds of different strengths from everywhere. So as a complete strength athlete, she gets stronger and stronger, which when she just narrows it down, when she gets close to a power meet and only does powerlifting, she's completely healthy and her body's ready to grow again. And, that is really, really important. That's why I love strong man. If you lose your athleticism, you're fucked. That's why I started doing a little bit of fight stuff some years ago to develop a little bit of body movement again. And how would you, how would you present that when somebody asks you, um, let's say you're a coach and you have a, a lifter, and I, I've, I've been presented as, with this a lot and I have my particular views, but obviously we're here for you. They're a power lifter. And they're like, well, I want to try strongman and weightlifting on the offseason. Don't ever do it where you say, I want to try. When you try, how many people that actually try do it? Almost nobody. This is trying and doing. How many times you hear someone say, I tried this diet? Did they ever really do it and succeed? Yeah. Nobody does. Either you do it or you don't. Doesn't mean you have to be great at it, but you have to at least give it a fucking real go. And a, 
what would you say is a go? About six months, a year, or just actually take it more seriously? Like just take sprinkle it really, it in? just take it really, really serious. Uh, and your intent has to be: let me see how good I can get. That's it. And the, it would you say it's more of developing the skill set, and the numbers are relevant. Numbers are irrelevant. If you develop the technique and a good skill to be able to do that, you will get stronger. But you won't be able to get stronger until you develop that. And it's, it's, it's interesting, and it's actually it's full circle. A lot of the high-end guys we've had that talk to us about that say the same thing. We had Stu McGill here on the, on the podcast, not here literally. He was in Canada. But we asked him what is one of the greatest ways of training. He says, well, you got to kind of have to, you know, run, jump, carry. He goes, well, you know, train like a strong man in a sense where you're training different variations of movements. You're athletic. And I mentioned to the guys the same thing I've, I've been talking about. I've never, I haven't felt this athletic in years because I lost sight of things. I started chasing numbers. I started chasing strength and size. And chasing I didn't have any numbers work. never works. Never. Especially if it's your GPS. And it was like, well, if I'm going to go to nationals, I have to have, you know, a 900-pound yoke and... You, I lose track of things. I tell these guys all the time. It's like I. That's why I talk the way I talk now, and I'm so 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 much affirmation behind it. And now I've actually looked, put in that barbell on my chest to do a push press. It took me three years to do that. And although the weight is no longer, I used to be able to push press from my fucking nose three something. My go, but look how much I've lost. My spine took a hit. My L two is cracked in half. And I'm like, that's not cool shit to talk about. <laughs> and we talked about it this weekend is where yeah. everything that you were saying this week, like I was guilty of it. And, you know, I fell for my own traps. And that's why I love listening we to these are. things. Yeah. And hearing your, you're like, look, man, it's consistency. And I told a lot of my guys, the reason why I have. Here's a line for you. The more times you do it right means the less times you do it wrong. <sighs> Don't steal that. I was about, did you see that? I was about <laughs> yeah, to write it down. Hold on a second. What'd you say? Ah, I got this on a podcast. <laughs> so we don't edit shit. Uh, that's trademarked uh, Battle Axe pro- property. I'm just going to change a word from I'll put it in Spanish. Really fuck it up. It's going to end up on a shirt. <laughs> for <laughs> sure. Well, hopefully your Spanish is better than your English. <laughs> wow. First of all, second language. Your Spanglish? Yeah. And also, you know, I've learned Norwegian from you this weekend, but I forgot yeah. what the, I know what it, what it says in English, but I forgot to say it in Norwegian. It was something derogatory. It was great. Yes. <laughs> As all that he's things. So he said it. At, he said, I'm like, yes. And then I forgot it immediately. Um, and going forward and going back kind of to like martial arts and talking a little bit more fun shit. What is it now that you're practicing martial arts wise? Jiku no mixed with a lot of counter violence. What do they say? Reality based martial arts. Ooh, you're tactical. They gave it a nice Sounds name. Cool. Huh? Yeah, I think sounds tactical. I yeah. guess it makes it official then. Yeah. Do you guys practice with a lot of like weapon stuff and I like knives. Tag- How many knives do you have? I don't know. On you. None on me because I, I didn't check in any luggage. Yeah, but <laughs> as soon as he saw mine, he was like, ooh. <laughs> Vinny had one, one time, too, and he loved that. Check. One time when I went to Hawaii for Charles Poliquin, right before I went to the metal detector, I checked my pockets and I had a knife on me. I was like, I cursed so much and then I just, Popped it in the garbage can. I was like, son of a Was it a good one? Yes. Fuck. Son of a bitch. That hurts too. Poliquin, man. Rest in peace. That was it. Was that a cool one? Yeah, but every single room in my house, wherever I'm going to be, there's a knife. (laughs) And it's open. Okay, John Wick. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Ed Wick. Ed Wick. 
And I don't know if he, what, what happens can, if somebody moves it. I can do it. a lot of that stuff with a knife. Please it's don't demo cool. on me. All the dagger stuff? Yeah, it's I don't know cool. that stuff, yeah. I'm gonna. The, one of the things, if you want to get under uh, Ed's skin, is go to his house, if you can actually get inside, and move all his knives all over his house. Because <laughs> <laughs> you'll notice that shit. He was telling me, he was like, no, 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 no. I'm like, yeah, it's exciting. It's like the gym. I'm like, where's this <laughs> two and a half, bro? There'll be an alarm that goes off. <laughs> <laughs> then it becomes just like John Wick. I'm like a homeless guy trying to hide from Ed that I don't get stabbed. Yeah, you won't, you won't hide. Not in Chicago. <laughs> no. Fuck no. Um. So going forward, you, you've actually get to travel the world a lot. Um, and there's something that going forward into that, and we're going to ask a couple of basic questions I think are super interesting. Is there any places that stand out, like a bucket list, that you're like, fuck, this is the greatest place? I have a really good time with the Australians. They're a funny bunch, man. They're, they're good people. They're hilarious. They're strong as shit. And they're all they're really, really good guys. How's the strength culture over there? Good. Yeah. There's a guy that owns a gym. Uh, there's two guys. Well, there's a bunch that I know. There's uh, Marcos. Markopoulos runs the PTC gyms. And that's where uh, a lot of the powerlifting comes from. He he kind of runs a lot of the powerlifting over there. And then you have some guys. There's a Josh Tate that owns a big gym over there. That's fantastic. The Rucci brothers in Perth have a humongous warehouse gym that's one of the best equipped I've ever seen in the whole world. Wow. Um, so in each city, in Canberra, there's uh, Big John Sheridan that has a nice gym. And then there's uh, the guy who's really the master behind all powerlifting there is a really good brother of mine named Imad. And Imad owns a gym, Pro Raw, that he has the best equipment, the best people, the best everything because he loves it, and it's part of him, who he is. So he cherishes on the fact that he can make it the best, not for himself, but for everybody else. He brings me over there all the time, and I owe him a lot, and I love that guy. So he does a phenomenal job for powerlifting. He is the puppet master behind the curtain over there. And does he get a lot of notoriety for it, or is he just kind of behind the scenes? He doesn't really care about that as much as he does is working his magic behind the scenes to make it work. Yeah, you said true puppet master. Yes, he's great at it. And that's all Australia would say is you're one of your big... Was there any place you've ever gone where you're like, you don't have to say it, but if I was like, fuck, man, this has just been a rough ride? No. Everything's always Look, been... Everywhere I go, oh, they're going to pay all my expenses. Then they're going to pay me a fee. I get to talk about powerlifting, which is really easy, and strength stuff. And they love me without realizing that I'm a fucking idiot before I get there. <laughs> Welcome but to after, life. he was like, that guy's fucking <laughs> You know, it's all win. Welcome to Miami, bro. <laughs> yeah. Check your wallet. You're fucked. So, no, I, I, I like everything about it. I like every, And I get to meet really, really cool people. I mean, you know, at least three of them are at this table. Wow, that's cool. I wish I could reach you from here, but my hands are average sized. Yeah. <laughs> I have regular, <laughs> regular yeah, uh, small like junior cheeseburger hands. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> See, what do I do with my hands? Yeah. What um, and how often do you travel? Would you say you, you tra- does it whenever ever, I want? I just set it up and go. Does that ever take it, the toll on you, or you always just no? Sometimes, like before you go, you're like, oh shit, I gotta go. I'm gonna be tired, and then you get here, and you're like, hey, yeah. this is cool. Yeah, that that's because yeah, I was looking at. I was asking you about your schedule. I do not mind being in a hotel room by myself where it's nice and quiet, 
and I got it turned down to 67 degrees. Yes, I'm trying to commute, communicate that temperature to my girlfriend. John, no, who, you cannot stay with me tonight. I would love to. <laughs> Though I do have two beds. What's what do we do with the other yes. one? Yes, well, I gotta be like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this suitcase. I'm gonna build a sick fort. I'll be there by myself. Like, dude, you're like you know, three hundred some pounds. I'll be falling down into that crevice of a hole you make. <laughs> yes. Not the other hole you got yeah. crevice. That's like a you know like a cave. It's super well, wide. It's the widest part of his so body. We talked about this. Surprisingly tight. And I heard something Dave Tate said that was really cool, um, that everything he learned in life, he learned in the gym. You learn a lot of tools at the gym that you can use. And would you say that, like, these tools and these attributes is what's helped you become this successful as far as this side? Sure. Uh, The structure, adhering to the program, uh, writing down a program beforehand. Uh, Stan Efferding will talk about that all the time, the list he makes on things he has to do and get done. Uh, Stan's a big mentor of mine with, with overall watching the view he's done. Look at Mark Bell in the, in the network and the success he's had. You think that was just done overnight? He started with nothing, and he built on that slingshot a massive company that... Million-dollar company, multi-million-dollar company. Yeah, and, but that's hard work. Do you think he just wakes up every day and says, hmm, I think I'll do this? No, it's a structure. So now you have a, a set game plan on what you want to do, both short term and long term. And I love that you said those. We're at the seminar at CrossFit Kendall. Shout out to those guys at CrossFit Kendall for hosting us. Yeah, today. We're a nice place, fantastic people. Yeah, you know, it was a cool. I mean, a lot. Of, these are yeah. day one was at the Battle Action with the Battle Axe Clan, and then day two was people that bought the Eventbrite, and it was people from all over that had traveled. But mm-hmm. but it's a it's a really small world where everything comes back around full circle and benefit you sooner or later. Not because you do it because of that, but because it's just good karma. If you're not a dick, good shit happens. (laughs) I just wrote about this. (laughs) And it's funny because I, I, not to change too much the subjects, we'll come back as something, obviously I want to ask you a million things, but a lot of things that I've already asked, but I want everybody else to hear it, but. We had hosted this 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 competition, uh, this seminar for a reason. I did it on purpose, and I'll go on I'll go on the air to say it. There's a lot of people who fucking talk a lot of shit about loving the community and loving the sport, um, and it, there's a lot of words being said. And I'm the kind of guy that I still am. If I write something down, I fucking mean it. And when I said that I was going to bring the greatest powerlifter of all time to Miami eight years ago, I fucking did it. it just took me eight years and. When I brought you down, I did it for two reasons. A, because I really wanted something that somebody would have done for me on my come up, which would have been to bring all my mentors and greatest guys down, which never happened because Miami is that kind of city. So this is my way of giving back for being, you know, a shitty human in other aspects. But number two, I wanted to see who the fuck would step their game up. And I'm the kind of guy that always, if you say something to me or write it down, I don't forget it, unfortunately, even though other things I do forget. If you love the community, you love the culture, you're going to be a part of this. And it's not about me. It wasn't even about making money. It was want, not. Do you want to get better? Exactly. Well, then take the steps to get better. You don't know everything. You, <laughs> right. And it's because we, we saw uh, a couple of people that traveled from up north who are already qualified coaches and been in the game to come down and pay their respects, not only to, to you because it's coach, but to the to the culture, to the strength community. A lot of people don't want to re- don't want others to realize that they need help to learn. I think I've got, I got good by sitting back and observing. I'm really good at observing. Just sitting back and watch how people do shit. 
at meets and gyms and stuff like that, and just keep my eyes and my ears open, and you learn a lot. Because That's you're not closed up thinking, I know everything. Right. I don't know everything. And it, I believe that a leader should be the first one to take that step. I got really good people that I can talk to on speed dial that I will. And going on top of that, and to keep going, and so I'm in a year position, considered one of the best of all time, if not the best, still reaches out. You said it. One of the things you learn the most is teaching. Yeah. In teaching, you still learn. Yeah. And if you're listening, look upon yourself right now, and if you think that you've hit the holy grail and you know everything, then you either have not acknowledged your single situation. And this is just transcend sports. This is in general. The best people in the world have consultants, mentors, and people to look up to. And that's one of the reasons I really wanted to host a podcast. I'm like, who's putting their money where their, in, in the, where their mouth is, right? Like, who's actually backing it up? Okay, so you have to pay 100 bucks and maybe 100 bucks in gas to go learn some invaluable information for the rest of your fucking life so you can come back and fucking spread it and push it forward and I know who said what and who didn't what because... But yet, you'll have those people spend $100 a month in pre-workout garbage and not take care of what the problem really is that'll last them the rest of their life. And you said it today. Yep. You said you got you said it today, said it today, right, Johnny? Yeah. We did it. You spend, you know, forty dollars on pre workouts, hundred and fifty dollars on new fucking shirts, you buy new knee sleeves every time, but the actual sacrifice comes in shit doing and shit that you really don't may not like. Like having to rent a hotel, having to drive five hours, having not to sleep, that are gonna have the biggest bang for your dollar, which is learning. Because typically learning can be difficult. That will lot last far longer than that pre workout. And those pair of shoes and that pair of knee sleeves and whatever. $100 shoes and 10 cent squat, baby. <laughs> One yeah, of the other things that you said today was also that you still pursue knowledge a lot. And you said some of the avenues that you use. I couldn't really hear you that well. Was it YouTube? I observe. Yeah. And is that just because of the environment? Social media. You, yeah. I got Stan, Mark Bell. I got Mike Isretel. I got Mike. Trishier, I got Mike Delapavo. You heard him say I'm that? Not, yeah, I think uh, I speed dial. You got me. You got yeah, me. I got so many scumbags. Also, <laughs> anything you want, baby. Mike, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You need a new credit card? Got you, bro. Social Security? You are now Juan Cohen. I'm white. I don't need that. We'll uh, figure it out. We'll yeah. figure it out. Yeah. Now that you hung out with me, yeah, they're gonna check your bag at the airport <laughs> for sure. They're like, oh, he's Colombian. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Put a miner's cap on. That's my pre-workout? Adjust, adjust that light. <laughs> You're like, Fuck. We're going in. Um, speaking of mentors and speaking of people um, that have made significant impacts in your life, you had said this at the gym, and I thought it would be really cool to impact. What what mentors have you have in the past and now? You said a, a couple of stuff, but actual mentors that were lifelong changes in your life. Well, that's, first of all, mom and dad, oh. no matter what. Well done. Because they teach you not to do a lot of things, and all of a sudden, when you get older, then you look back and say, you know, as nerdy as my mom and dad were, man, I'm going to be fucking lucky if I can be like them. Yeah, they were so right. Yeah. Man, my family did everything backwards. <laughs> You're the good one, though. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. Um, I know. And yeah, then, exactly. like, uh, uh, I had the benefit of knowing Ernie Franz, a guy named Bill Sino. Bill Sino used to have the world record in the bench before there were even bench shirts at 242. It's like 560 or 70-something. And um, he was he's the, like the only guy to win a national championship in powerlifting, Olympic weightlifting, and bodybuilding. 
Fuck. Holy shit. That's yeah, an he athlete. Was, he was yeah, a stud. Right? So I had a lot of cool older guys that I hung out with when I was a kid. And then uh, Doug Furnish kind of taught me the value of keep it simple and perfect your technique. And he was a great athlete. He could do a, he was like 5'10", 275, the most ginormous and beautiful legs I've ever seen in my life. Could do a full splits all the way out, put his head on the ground and do a standing backflip. Okay. But yeah. So top of that. Wow. Those are the, those are the, and no. you know, he passed away some years ago due to Parkinson's, oh. you know, too many bumps. He rode rodeo when he was a kid in Oklahoma, uh, played football his whole life, had a bunch of bunch of bumps and bruises on his head when he little concussions, when he was in pro wrestling oh, for wow. a lot of years. And, uh, he's the only power lifter I know that has like in front of his high school, there's the street sign is Doug Furnace Boulevard slash, Mickey Mantle Way. Whoa. Wow. Dang, you got up on that one? Well, from the same place, Commerce, That's Oklahoma. That's sick. Mickey His Mantle. brother's now like a councilman there, which yeah. is really cool. Dang, that's cool. And what about what about now? Would you say there's anybody out right now that is making a major influence on you? A major influence? I just watch all the people that are cool. First of all, don't be a dick and think you're so cool. <laughs> and, you know, I give everyone credit where credits would do. Uh, where it's due, where people have taught me along the way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Fred Hatfield was a big mentor. I used to stay with Fred in his house with his wife and kids when I used to go out there in California to visit Weeder. Fred got me a contract with Weeder. Wow. Yeah, rest he of peace. didn't have to do that. Yeah. 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 And so people that treat you well, give people credit. There's things I, I did in the squad. Doug Furness actually taught me how to... Open up my groin when I squatted. I just made up, you know, open up your taint because it was extremely funny and made guys think about what was way high yeah, up yeah. there. Yeah. And I, what did they say they call you in Kuwait, was it? The, the what? When you went traveled, it was a Kuwait that you traveled to and they said something about the taint. Yeah, when I landed, the guys there um, with, you know, their full Arab dish dash and stuff on, they had big posters that said, the stint of taint. <laughs> when I landed and got off the Saint plane, of nobody probably knew what it meant but them. Listen, when amazing. I could squat over 600, I'm going to hashtag that, and yeah. I'm going to be like, thank you, Eddie. So it's Saint pretty cool. It's Saint of cool. taint. All prayers. It's all, fucking all awesome. Prayers be to the yeah, I got a Saint picture of, of that. It's on my Instagram. There's oh, I got to find it, man. Please. It's pretty cool. Type, I want to repost that. Yeah. Um, and so we talked about this last episode, is never forgetting where you're from. And I want to ask you what that means to you. Not forgetting where you're from? Like what that... Where did you start? I started off at this little, as this little kid that had to go to Illinois Institute of Technology at night with special glasses on because I had no hand-eye coordination, just be able to bounce a ball on a straight line. I was the guy with a little ADD without realizing that I was so introverted when I, when I was growing up that everything I could do was I was nervous about everything, and I liked being by myself. I was in my own little world. The teachers would tell my parents, if we just let Eddie in his own little world, everything will be okay. <laughs> and that, that would, you'd say that, that definitely is the beginning and the roots that made you this way, right? Sure there. it is. And, I, that, and you always talk about, that's one of my favorite parts about this weekend, is that this coincides with our last episode so heavily. Um and it's one of the reasons I tell my lifters all the time is the reason why I bring guys like you is to affirm that somewhere, somewhere or somewhat, we are on the right path 
Sure. Because not forgetting where you came from and having character and not we being a piece of shit. We all might have different problems, but it's all the same. And it, it, it's, I mean, it's like verbatim. We just, I wish you yeah. were like a fly on the wall in our last episode. Because what you see a lot now, and we talked about it in the car. We're like, it's not that it's, it's not that it's generous. It's like giving back to people that gave it, you know, for you first, it's just the right thing to do. It's almost expected. Like, it's your job. Like, why would you? And nowadays, especially in this fucking world of, of strength and shit, it's almost like, oh, I, I thank my first coach. You're welcome. I'm like, no. That's your fucking job. You're supposed to thank your first coach. Like, they don't know you shit, right. you know, like, or your second coach or your people third coach. Think, people think that they should be um, idolized or immortalized or bowed down to because you're fucking nice. Just be nice to everyone because you're supposed to be nice. <laughs> it takes way too much energy to be an asshole. Well, not, not for you, Mike. Yeah, I was going to say, not that much. But in, in truth... It and takes that's what I'm too much energy away from your whole life if you're an asshole. Yeah. Okay, we have a, we have a, we're gonna have to call security in our case. live studio audience here. <laughs> Everything's funny yeah, apparently. Everyone's calling you out for being an asshole. Well, I mean, that's why you got to be handsome, Ed. So, made it. My mom said it. My mom said it. She said it right. Of course she okay, did. Okay, so you stop right she there. Did. She's a saint. <laughs> <laughs> He's a, I'm like, I'm like, call me my mom. He's like, of course. I'm like, shut up, Ed. <laughs> Um, that was one of my favorite parts about listening to you this weekend. Um, it's kind of affirmation that stay in the course is a big thing. And, and, and not, not just, just, say, not just, just because I'm a power lifter doesn't mean I'm better than anyone else. And I say this shit all the time. I talked about it to Except my... Except for you, John. I'm better than you. I'm way well. better than you. So. <laughs> well, no argument here. <laughs> and I know what part of the spectrum I'm well, on. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean... <laughs> this dude said spectrum. It, it doesn't mean I'm better than anyone. I'm just... Just because I can lift more weight. I mean, I'm not a better person than anyone. I'm not a better human being. Just be nice to people and it comes back at you. And I, that's one of the things I, th- I feel a lot of us, especially with the spread of information, is that... Lifting heavy weights confirms two things. That you're either a really great person or a really great, uh, or you're very knowledgeable. And I'll tell you, some of the strongest people I've ever met in my life are the worst coaches and consultants I've ever met in my life. And necessarily never, they might be great people, but there's a difference between What happens is they forgot where they came from and they forgot that they should care about people. Oh, wow. Write that down. Mm-hmm. It's really not that hard. What did you say today? No, we all that you're an asshole. Well, yeah, <laughs> that, oh, I think you started with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, you said something to the effect of like we all stand on the shoulders of of men before us. Was that right? Yeah. That's an old line, but yeah. that's the way it is. I learned from other people, and I'm v- extremely thankful that I did. Yeah. And some people do the same thing for me, which I'm extremely thankful that they did. Yeah. Um, and that's that's kind of like standing on the shoulder of giants. And I always say standing on the shoulder of giants because at one point we tie their shoes, and that's one of my favorite lines because I, I always helps me remind myself that starting from the bottom is a sense of humility. Um, yeah, we went live. Can you move that can? That's what we're doing. We have it. We have it based on. We I'm have so the ca- small I can hide behind a can. <laughs> we have the ca- we have the camera. Uh, Focus right on Ed so we can have the least amount of viewers of all time. <laughs> um, just a record breaker there. Six, maybe, maybe. maybe six. Uh, I moved it from me, so we're done. 
Um, this, this this right here is going to get the most views on Pornhub ever. <laughs> com, man. I only go for the comments anyways. I only get. I literally do. I like the who's that comment. Um, yeah, then you're already done. Yes. And we touch base. Um, no, I'm not. Don't, nope. don't get me involved with you. No. That, he looked through my history a, and a he loved it. more perverted level than I am. He, yeah. He screenshotted my, my porn history and here we are. Uh <laughs> And so now I have so much evidence against me. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> um, and here's an example, and I'd like to ask you. When you see somebody who's extremely talented, how do you tell somebody well, when they come up to you with a question, well, so-and-so did this, and so-and-so did that, which is a common thing now. How do you tell them the difference between somebody who's very, very talented, like slash gifted, well, and somebody I'll who works say, hard? good for them, you're not them. I say that all the time too. Be who you are. Don't try to lift what XYZ did. Try to lift what you can and get better every training cycle you do. If you do four or five training cycles a year, small ones, long ones, whatever it is, if you get a little better each one and don't get hurt and bring your weaknesses up, and you do that for five years, which goes by really fast, you've set an unbelievable base with chunks of armor everywhere that are muscle and strength. So you have less, less system breakdown over time. You want to do it for as long as you can. Find a way to do it. There's a, lots of different routines that work. Don't pick your numbers with your ego. Look at long term and you'll get there. And one of my, one of my favorite words I use consistently this weekend is intuition. Would you say that's something that that's, how do you imply that? I was something I going to ask at the gym, but I saved it. How do you I mean, you, you forgot. Teach? Well, fine. But that's, that's the hits to the head. We already <laughs> talked about that. We, uh, how do you, how do you t- can you teach that? Is that something you can, you yourself, help somebody develop? Or is that something you feel you experience over time? No. You can kind of set them up and try to lead them to say, these are the angles I want you to look at people from when you coach them. Watch this, this, and this. And then someone will lift. And you'll say, did you see this? Or you'll say, what did you see? Let them tell you what they saw. And then when they watch again, say, what did you see? And then they'll, you'll teach them how to pick up what actually is going wrong. So you can teach someone how to coach. Some of the best coaches in the world were not great football players or basketball players or whatever, lifters or whatever. Mm. You can teach it, but it, it's a process that not everyone is capable of. And that's, I just talked about it this morning. One of my favorite questions to ask people after a lift is, what did you feel? And it's one of my favorite things to keep people accountable because I believe when somebody goes too heavy too fast, they're so caught up on the weight, they have no knowledge and no well, ability. What, what happens is they have a lot of weaknesses that they haven't brought up yet. So their strengths, their really, really strong strengths, um, redundant um take over and their weaknesses come out fast and that's where they can get hurt i like that their weaknesses come out fast i'm gonna take that to (laughs) put that on the list of trademark we're gonna steal everything dude welcome (laughs) to miami papa oh by the way this is this is all for my lawyer anyways because it's taped Oh wow, a Chicago lawyer? Wait, welcome to Cook County. <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> otherwise known as Crook County. I was gonna say I was gonna fit right in. Can we yeah. kind of oh, you look good in jail? Yes. <laughs> I already got the the head tattoo. Um 
Look at now he's got the camera on himself. Well, everybody Fair wants a mirror on the wall. Remember what Welcome people came here for, Ed? <laughs> Come on, he's not wrong. He's not. I'm not wrong. They're like, oh, it's Mike and Ed. Yeah, uh, whoever that guy. So and I thought he would look big and strong. Oops, nope. <laughs> is there a strength filter? Just another Cuban refugee. <laughs> Not even the right country. He's in the movie Scarface. Wow, a guy from New Jersey. You can't even trust, man. You see this guy? Huh? I Cubs mean, fan? New Chicago Jersey, Cubs fan? New Jersey's not a terrible place. Yes, it is. It's terrible. It's a dump, literally. Uh, Just kidding, guys. Anybody from New Jersey? No, I'm not kidding at all. I swear to God. Um, Miami, here's the place to be. <laughs> well, if your only reference of New Jersey is John, <laughs> shit. <laughs> so then you're gonna think everyone in New Jersey is a pussy. Pink is a wannabe strongman. Oh, wow, oh, wow. Well, we with really small hands. You know Jeez. what? I did. I did decent at Miami's Battle, so whatever. Ed. Oh, well, that's a sport. It's strongman. It's it's out of yeah. Ed's uh, scope. You competed of against strength. the guys at two thirty one and under. Yeah. No, he was a novice, yeah, which no. is cool. Yeah, with, <laughs> he competed in one event, which was the uh, the the, uh, the eating contest. <laughs> that, that's Nathan's. That's uh, yeah. What made the, the uh, hot dogs? The sandbag throw. Yeah, the the throw overhead. No, that's for throw. actual athletes. Guy, guys were me. five foot tall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I won! Uh, yes. Is this the children's section? Yeah. I'm all about this one. <laughs> um, so this stuff that we always ask a lot of people: What was one of your major injuries that you yourself had to really fucking? That might have brought you down to the point where is this is it, and that you overcame. Nothing. Nothing ever fucked you up. You're fucking foolish. Sorry, I'm not foolish. No, shit. I'm not foolish. Shit. You're I know foolish. I could shit. come back from anything. I didn't, never had a problem. But no major injury that fucked you in the dick like that. Not that made me think I'd have to quit. I mean, look at the YouTube video of Ed Cohen injury and watch my knee pop through. What? What? So I tore my patellar tendon in half. Let me ask you oh, a well. question. Let me ask you a question. What? What mindset? Do you have to have, and this is because I have a perspective on this too, which I talk about, and I just wrote about it last night. What kind of mindset do you have to have as an athlete to not even consider quitting? Do I think I can get better? Am I satisfied with what I've done? If you're not, find a way to do it. And keep going. Keep going. We just, we talk, see, I I talk about this a lot because if you really love something, you don't quit because you've always no, been a part of it, right? Do you know you can still get better and overcome this? Episode I got, 14. Now, now, you know what? I got something to prove to myself. I can do this. I still, I, I'm going to have the, the juices worth to squeeze and keep pressing. When I, after I blew that out, I still came back with not even knee sleeves and walked out and squatted 800 pounds. After that. Now to say I wasn't apprehensive on the way down yeah. would be a lie. What made you choose to do it without sleeves? To prove yeah, that you they can They never do. really wore sleeves yet back then. <laughs> was the like only Ace guys bandage. was some strong men guys wearing Ray-Ban knee sleeves. And before a lot of the other companies came out with them, Mark uh, Filippi said, Eddie, once you start wearing these, you're never going to want to not wear them ever again. Leave it to the strong man to fuck shit up. <laughs> Damn right. I used to hear they used to put like, they used to put wrap tennis balls behind there to Mark, sneak them Mark, Mark Filippi uh, used to train with me and he used to actually have to train harder than I did. And uh, that's an extremely strong, knowledgeable person. If if I were to have to train, um, there's only a few people I would actually go to. He's one of them that I trust with all-around sports. Didn't Stan Efferding work with him for a little bit? Yes, he did, because Mark moved out to Vegas and started um, his own place after he left UNLV as a strength coach. Yeah, that's on my bucket list to go there, too. Um, 
And that's interesting. <laughs> He's just a fucking tough dude. But and I ask that because I think it's important for people to hear that. Um if you were here in this particular situation with the facial reactions, there was just no question of whether or not he was going to keep going. It was like, yeah, so what? And, of course, the people like us, not at your level in the sense, or aspiring to be at that level of confidence, it's, and I talked about it the last couple episodes, is, well, there's no, when I when I got my spine injury and they took me out for a year, it wasn't whether, I, I, did, I did go through some shit. That's true. I, in my mind, I thought that was it because that's how they sell you spine injuries. They're like, you're fucked. You're out. And I got together with Brian Carroll, who changed my life with Stu Miguel. Mm-hmm. When I tore my bicep tendon, it was like, I tore it. I sat down for a beer. I'm like, well, I mean, it's just going to take me. Yeah. I go, fuck. Everybody goes, it's not torn. I go, no, it's torn. <laughs> it's like, cool. And the same thing I said, I, I would like to achieve that after to, that. It's the only way to get a permanent peak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, it's not even that it worked that well. I should have kept it. I should have kept it torn. And we and to attribute not obviously the same mindset, but it was kind of one of those things where I mean, it's, that's it. It's part of the game. I'm, I can get better. There's a lot of things said undone. A lot of times, the thought of it happening is worse than when it actually happens. Then you're like, ouch, shit. Surgery. Ugh. I'm, not, I'm not even scared of surgery. I just don't like missing training. I, <laughs> I say it all the time. <laughs> Man, if, if, if there's something in the way of training, I'm like, motherfucker. And I, it's just that you got to be patient, man. Like... And it's something that we come with these situations. So going forward, and, and we're going to kind of close it up soon. I want to say bye to our live audience. Ed, if you want to say bye to everybody. Look at the size of his bye. hands. Did you get anybody see that thing? Buy the, the phone. Buy the, all the losers that would listen to these two morons. <laughs> He's like, E.T. Wasn't that sweet? Phone home. Nice. E.D. Oh, my. E.C. 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 Phone home. Um, Ed, I want to I want to thank you for a couple of things this weekend. It's not to uh, blow smoke up your ass, but it's an affirmation of of the power of consistency um and the kind of confidence that you can build over time with just sticking to the plan doing it right all the time all the time going for the right make an attempt to do it right all the time don't choose the weights with your ego stick to the damn routine from start to finish and look at it from a long-term perspective that way each training cycle you get better you make less mistakes you bring up your weak points so after five years you look really good. You lift really good. You're much healthier than when you started. Now you can have a template that's going to last you the rest of your life, and you usually have a certain body type that's going to keep you healthier the rest of your life too because you did it. It's going to look the part too. That's something you said. If you're going to be strong, look strong. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, look like a bad motherfucker. And I'll get there. One is, day. is it ever too late? Do you think? that to start upon this is it ever too it's never too late to get better on something and we we talked about this um you were asked twice i think t- today and yesterday and I, I loved your answer about it but i'd like to hear it again hopefully I what, say the right thing again <laughs> well it was, it was about three hours ago it's a long time for your memory but in essence what <laughs> no but I'm seriously good. i'm glad you laugh at your own jokes because i'm hilarious <laughs> don't press the button uh, your priest pressing his, uh, his life support about his life. Go ahead. Get on. Um, if you remember the question, keep going. What would you know when to qu- When do you know when to quit? When it's not fun anymore. Then when you go in the gym, if you still do, make an effort to do the same stuff you did before, but just lighter. You'll keep a lot of your gains. You'll keep all, a lot of your strength. 
and it'll keep you healthier for a longer period of time. Just because you're not competing doesn't mean you can't train. Not work out. Working out is bullshit for a bunch of fucking pussies that are always going to look the same. Even when you go in the gym five years later, they're all lifting the same weight with the same shit form, with the same body comp, if not usually worse, and still bitching and whining about the same shit. That's exercising, not training. Yes. Talk about it all the time. And that that was one of my, you compared it to that boxer who was already past his prime. You just look like and you're like, like man, pitiful stop. tragedy out there. It's like, why did you even do it? And what would you say to the people who say they have to compete? What do you, what do you mean you have to? And I hear it a lot. You know, They're why like, do you have to? If it's because you really love competing, that's fine. But you have to train also. So you have to give yourself enough time to actually train to get stronger and not keep peaking for a contest. And that we talk about that a lot. So you, well, how many times, this is some questions two. that are relevant. How many times a year do you train? Usually two at the most. And then for a lot of guys listening, um, I'm not going to give every single question because I'm going to take away a lot from what the point of having a seminar is. And if you didn't come, that's... That's too fucking bad. No, I was kidding. No, but <laughs> Shame. It's too fucking bad. Shame. Shame. And a little campanita. That means bell in uh, in Spanish. Okay. So I don't care. <laughs> it just scared him. I don't know if you guys saw Ed Cohen's. That you put he food just, on him. He just reached for his wallet. He just, just made sh- he just made sure we didn't rob him, which we will. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and, and start closing up with a couple of things I want to really really finish off with. You send a, a powerful message to people. Um, First of all, I'm going to thank you from the bottom of my heart for coming. Yeah, I know it's business. I, I thank you guys because you guys, you, you got me out here, Mike. And uh, Big John's here with the podcast. And you guys treated me really well because I'm one of you. That's, that's what, I, true. what did I say? Uh, he, the first thing he said John is, goes, he goes, I mean, I'm a little bit better than you. As, as I mean, at this being, point, but. Oh, yeah, that's oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> We're all the A same. little bit better than me? I think a lot better <laughs> No, I, I really honestly mean that. It's not no. a bunch of lies when I say. Um, I'm just good in the gym. This is my territory. Outside the gym, I'm just a regular freaking guy. Yeah, that, it's, you stay in your lane. This is what we were talking about, strongman. I'm fine with that. We're talking to strongman about keg, and I looked at Eddie. He goes, "No, I don't know what the fuck that is." <laughs> <laughs> talking about that. yeah, that's out of my. No, I I don't do that stuff. So let the guys that do it do it. Yep. Yeah. If you could say what did it look like, I can pick out stuff that looked good and what looked bad. Sure. But I'm not a strongman. I don't really have the right to say any to criticize any freaking strongman. That's not my game. Yeah. So we're 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 okay. Well, me Safe. mostly me. Um, Ed, I'm gonna ask you a question. Talking to a young lifter, and I'm gonna say maybe almost rapid fire. If you can say one word, well, you're a pretty one word guy. Um, what would you tell a young lifter to it, to for them to last in the sport of strength? Technique. Beautiful. Don't lift with your ego, and make sure you don't get weak. And what would you tell? And when I say don't get weak, if you overdo one thing so much and forget all the other stuff, something is going to get weak and break down after a time. Would you say the same thing to a high-level lifter as well? The same High-level lifter would be look at yourself and be honest and say, what do I really need? Write it down. Don't put it down on your phone. Write it down on paper. And to a coach. In English. Si usted quería decirle a una persona, por ejemplo, un profesor, un enseñador. 
Yes, okay. I am the most handsome man you ever saw. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> I knew it. I knew like, verbatim. I was going to say something yes. super derogatory in Spanish, but it's going to be fucking recorded, and they're going to remember. So I was going to tell you, yeah, and then I'm going to get... you just say, and it's going to be fucking recorded, like anything would, you know... We can't edit it. We don't edit shit. We're not known for our language. Allegedly, anyways. I said that. Allegedly. Yeah, they're just happy that you're able to speak English. Yeah. I'm like, hola. Um, so... What about what would you tell like a, a coach or somebody a, a message that you would reinforce them as far as keeping them on the path? Your as a coach, your job is to help your athlete get better. By all means, so you got to listen to your athlete to know what he's thinking, not what you're thinking. You're you can think whatever you want. You got to talk to him to get through to him. And I I can't talk to her, her, you, or him exactly the same way to get through to you. So I'm going to watch how you react and give you the right cues in a certain manner, in a certain tone, to make you better. Good. Good all. So you're trying to... Sorry, what, see, what, what you can do is you can make, like, you can make your athlete or that person almost like it's their idea. So I can talk to you and I can say... Mike, I want you to do this, and I'll point out two things. And then when you do it, I'll say, see what you did? Actually, that's verbatim what happened. I'm I didn't do it. You did it. You go Now, you were able to adapt the cues, which is really freaking good. Because you had to be honest with yourself, you had to trust me, and you weren't afraid of doing something new even though it felt weird. That's verbatim for so what he's talking about is we hit a we hit a squat yesterday, one of my favorite things. He knew he knew already kind of by talking and hanging out how I was going to be challenged and accept the challenge and my favorite part was like I think maybe, you know, if you wanted to you could do 455. I'm like, "No, you mean right now?" Right. Okay, now I'm going to like it was I knew it cuz it was it exactly fed right into my personality type and then when I did it you he said what, he was all I did, did was drop that seed in the hole. I went at it. I loved it. I'm like, yeah, 450. Because it's exactly what you're saying. You knew. You did the rest to make it grow. Oh, that's the best. Um, True story. Episode 13? Yeah. Thank drop you. the seed, man. I, I, reference, I reference coaching a lot to farming. And uh, in a sense of metaphorically, you drop the seed, you work the soil, you work the, but, but you see, let the I thing just blossom. I just put the seed in the hole and walked away. Oh, I like the word. Well, you did, the, you, you did the rest. Yeah. And that's not a sexual reference either. So just to let you know, we uh, we're we're gonna that's recorded as well, and it was a sexual reference. <laughs> Don't worry, we make the it way he sense. looked at me was very sexual. <laughs> so I mean, we're here. Long eye contact. Um, but in all honesty, I want to thank you for coming down again. Honestly, I know, and that I do appreciate you guys a lot. Thank yeah, you, thank you very much. I want to thank everybody who showed up. We had over sixty people in two days um, that showed up. It was two two days of just incredible seminars, information. Personally, as a coach, it was great to see how you do work. It was also very inspiring for me. I feel like relatively as a been somebody in the business for 10 years, it was kind of cool to hear some things that I've already said and new things that Th I want to be. Thanks to Battle Axe Gym and the, the CrossFit place were, yeah, CrossFit Kendall for sure. were phenomenal. Yep. Your gym is a perfect gym, like I describe it. When Rocky went back to Russia, and if you bump into something, you need a tetanus shot. <laughs> Fuck yeah, lifting rocks. But when you walk in there, there's no one that goes in there that's going to work out or exercise. Everyone's there to change, to get better and train hard to get better. So you all have the same goal. It's pretty easy. 
after that to get better. You just got to re- relax and listen. Yeah, it's tra- it's the train. It's the one of the questions if, we if, asked us. If if she gets out of line with training and starts doing stupid shit, somebody's gonna check her right away. Not for themselves, but for her. Mm-hmm. That's what a team does. That's the cool shit. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> <laughs> all right, don't worry about my stupid cheesy face. Look, but in all seriousness, uh, thank you to everybody that showed up. Um, I think we've had a great time with you, Ed, and I think it's been. For me, it's a bucket list, but I think for a lot of us, I wanted to expose my team to people that I've looked up to, mentors, um, as an as an athlete, as a coach. But more importantly, I've been watching you as a young lifter, as a person. And I, I tell this story to all my lifters. I met you about three years ago at Boss of Bosses. You were the most genuine, and I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. You know I'm not about that bullshit. But you were the most genuine, humble, down-to-earth, chill person, yet with the biggest accolades and the largest resume in the fucking room. And I met people with a quarter of it who treated me like I was some fucking distant weird punk kid because I brought him a T-shirt out of my own pocket for free. Um, and it pissed me off. And It should. It, it did. People come up to me and they say, I'm really sorry, but I know you get this all the time. I saw everyone taking pictures with you. Can I get a picture? I said, yeah, it would be bad if you didn't ask for one because that would mean that you didn't appreciate whatever I did when I grew up. Right. You know, when I put when I got left body parts on the platform and stuff like that, I appreciate that you appreciate me. Believe me. Yeah. I wait, I want, we're going to play that one on fucking loop. And I, I tell that story all the time. I met guys that were, guys and girls, that were a quarter of the athlete you were and treated me so distant. And instead of making a negative thing, I said... I'm going to bring you down so people understand what being a genuine fucking person, not a piece of shit, and a real fucking, best thing Donnie Thompson said, a real champion. Because champions are champions on and off the platform. You don't have to be a fucking perfect human being. You don't got to be an ass kisser. But there's certain physical, mental, and psychological attributes that make you a man or a woman that you're going to carry on and off the platform. And whether they were made in the gym to help you in life or in life to help you in the gym, it's 100% true. And I hope you guys, after listening to this podcast and being and or a part of the seminar, that this is just one example of when a human being with real dreams attributes, works fucking hard, and gives it everything they got because they actually love what they fucking do. And that makes them love a lot of other people and treat people with fucking respect. It's something that I myself would love to try for, and I'm trying every day of my fucking life, and I hope that our listeners do the same. So You already do it by helping your team out. <laughs> I can't. Thank you. <laughs> and I thank you very much. I love, I love with the inflection on it, too. Like uh, You don't do to, that, idiot. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> you don't have to lift a huge amount of weight to be a mentor to somebody. Yeah. You just have to care and want them to get better. Don't be a dick. It's that easy. That's that's exactly what I like to say. Um, Ed, thank you very much for the battle last part thank for you, coming dude. down and being a part of us and being part of Miami. Johnny, I think we did all right. Hey, John this Stud. Time. Uh, you know. John Stud. That's yes, what I do. Um, and everybody and all our listeners, this is MDLP. This is the Battle Axe Podcast saying don't be a pussy. Everything ends.